Welcome to the Region Free Gamers Podcast. Today, our listeners step up and take control. Hey everyone, welcome to the Region Free Gamers Podcast, the podcast that's fluent in gaming. My name's Paul, and I'll be your host for today's show. And it seems like I say this for every show, but I am super hyped for today's show. Um, before we get to that, though, my co-hosts, of course, out of Virginia, by way of Puerto Rico, Arnaldo. Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy St. Patrick's Day. Indeed. Are you getting drunk tonight? I, I mean, why would it be different than any other night of my life? <laughs> <laughs> Professional yeah, alcohol is still drunk from last night. <laughs> Um, out of Brooklyn, by way of Cuba, Ozzy. Hey, yo, guys. And out of Helsinki, by way of Helsinki, Masa. <laughs> yo. <laughs> and That's who are you, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> who are you, Paul? <laughs> I'm Paul. I already introduced myself. I'm from Canada. And you like video games? <laughs> I do. I do, Ozzy. fact. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. I'm actually doing this podcast about video games. Are you aware of it? The Region no, Free Gamers? No, I don't think so. No, never heard. <laughs> <laughs> They're fairly obscure. You may have never heard of them. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, hey, Masa, do you guys do St. Patrick's Day? Um, not really. <laughs> Every day like, is St. Like, Patrick's okay, Day so yeah, for the sure. finish. We have some like Irish bars. Like, for example, Helsinki, we have, I don't know, at least a couple of them. And of course, they, you know, celebrate St. Patrick's Day, but it's not really a thing here. Okay, cool. But I mean, it's a great excuse to get drunk. So yeah, <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah. all for it. <laughs> yeah, it is 100%. Um, I, I didn't get drunk last night. I just had like a couple drinks and went out with my wife, but... Yeah, I just I can't I can't do it anymore, man. I'm too old. I'm yeah. too old. <laughs> I had to uh, I had to go out to Manhattan yesterday, and uh, I didn't realize it was in Patty's Day today. And uh, dude, the the Bro Brigade was out in full force. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> everyone was out decked in green, and everyone was stumbling. It was uh, a really tragic sight. Um, the decline of Western civilization was out in full force. <laughs> Come on, man! I'm just just right joined them. <laughs> I like how you're blaming the Irish for the decline of Western civilization. <laughs> the Irish awesome. have nothing to do with this. This is uh, this is being appropriated. Banned in Ireland, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Come those one star reviews. This is the Pouring same. As, this is the same as blaming the Mexican for Cinco de Mayo. This is not their fault at all. This is <laughs> Americans appropriating something and taking it as an excuse to drink way too much. So. Oh man, we got to get someone Irish on the show because now I have now I have questions. Like I want to know if if the drinking part of St. Patrick's Day originated in Ireland or yeah. North America. Oh well, I don't want to get into any stereotypes. Here, yeah. so. I wonder <laughs> if they also put green food coloring in their Bud Light to make it taste better? Question mark. Can you even make Bud Light taste decent? I know, Masa. <laughs> how do you make Bud Light taste better <laughs> with green coloring? <laughs> that's just how it goes well i love the fact that in chicago they turn the river green they do that's, turn the river green you know they, they can't depollute it but they can at least turn it green yeah man that's crazy and that way it looks more like it actually is it, it looks more like the contaminated <laughs> dredge you know cesspool that it is well there goes chicago 
I'm just trying to <laughs> knock them all out, man. <laughs> trying to get banned everywhere. <laughs> really cool Anyhow, river, though. Uh, today's show. Um, today's show, to me, actually, is is pretty special. Um, a little while ago, we put out the call on Instagram asking people for their gaming memories, their gaming stories. Yeah. And uh, the response we got... Oh, oh, my God. Yeah, like, the... Uh, the stories we got far exceeded my expectations. I cannot wait to share these. I mean, as you guys are aware, I love telling my own little gaming stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, and to have less work to do uh, <laughs> for this one was just awesome. Well, it's like People... we crowdsourced an episode. It really is, actually. I, I was very appreciative of, you know, the community kind of taking the heavy lifting off of our shoulders. But beyond that, I mean, more importantly, it was really, really fun uh, reading the submissions that we got. Like, everyone's was so different. And yeah, I just, I can't wait to get into them. Um, that said, though, before we do get into the stories, hey, guys, don't forget, if you enjoyed the podcast, tell a friend. And uh, as always, if you haven't already, please leave us a rating and review on the Apple Podcasts app or whatever app you use to listen to this show. Um, we really have, appreciate the help. We have 11 reviews. I challenge you guys to make that 12. It, it only takes like one of you to make it 12. <laughs> and you're going to make four guys' life very awesome. Just what happens now. Everybody's going to want to do it and they're going to go and somebody's going to already have done it. And they're like, well, they don't need more than 12. They specifically asked for 12. (laughs) Don't fall prey to the bystander effect. Go take the initiative. Seize the day, guys. (laughs) You can bring a smile to the face of four turning middle-aged guys. (laughs) Speak for yourself. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, true enough. eh? Arnie's like a baby. (laughs) He's only two um, years younger so than me. What's that? He's only two years younger than me. <laughs> God, really? I thought he was like five years younger than you. Uh, I'm turning 30 this year, guys. Uh, this is a big year was for me. Was that a compliment? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I was being told that I looked 30 when I was 21, so I, I imagine that I'm going to look 70 when I'm 40. So. <laughs> no, you know what, dude? It works in reverse, actually. Does I it? looked way older when I was 20. And now that I'm not 20, I, I'm i actually looking younger. Yeah, I mean, you're, it's the same for me. You're going to have like a static face. So I by think, the time uh, you're 50, you're going to have a baby face. It's going to be awesome. I think it's your <laughs> shiny dome, dude. I, I think that, <laughs> I, honestly, no joke. I think that yeah. being bald actually makes you look younger. I, yeah, I, 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 see that. I agree. I know some partners at my firm that, you know, before you look at pictures of them 20 years ago and they had the receding hairline, they had like the horseshoe and stuff like that. And now they, they just went powerballed and it's like, oh, you know, he looks a lot younger. <laughs> so, um, Dude, my Facebook pictures from 10 years ago, like, I don't know. It could have been last year. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I officially look young because, uh, a month ago or a couple of months ago, I was in the US and there, like, I went to catch a bus and there was this woman. Like the bus driver, and she was like, "Young man, where are you headed to?" <laughs> <laughs> and that was legit the highlight of my trip. <laughs> you know when you realize that you're no longer young when people stop calling you young man. Yeah, <laughs> that's when I realize, ah, oh, man, I'm getting old. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Sorry, guys, I have a lingering sense of doom today. The skies are overcast, and I'm feeling my impending sense of doom. <laughs> well, you know what's going to cheer you up, Ozzy. 
is some great gaming stories. Oh, yes. That's actually and, the whole reason why I was doing this. I was just hoping someone would cheer me up. <laughs> well, it's it's going to happen, dude. By the end of this episode, you and our listeners, you guys are going to have smiles on your faces. It's going to be awesome. Recurring theme, um, Aussie's depression. <laughs> uh, someone can Aussie, write that into our Wikipedia page. <laughs> what happened Aussie, to this I show? I have the cure right here. I have a story. Are Let's, you ready for it? I'm ready. All right. This was submitted by Josh. Uh, Ultra Bosch 64. I love that on name. Instagram. I I, I I I love the name. And in my mind, in my personal lore, this guy is a very big Toronto Raptors fan who was very a big Dude. fan of Chris <laughs> Bosch, and then was very disappointed that Chris Bosch went to the Miami Heat. That's I'm I, so I couldn't lost agree more. right now. <laughs> <laughs> See, Paul's from Toronto, so he knows. <laughs> Baseball or something? Basketball. Basketball. <laughs> One of those oh, B man. sports. I feel I feel a little bit bad for Masa sometimes in our group chat when we make obscure basketball references. Yeah, motherfuckers, <laughs> like you're supposed to talk about hockey, not not one of these like other like very irrelevant sports. See, and I'm always lost when you guys talk about hockey too. Yeah, like. exactly. Like, what kind of Canadian yeah. are you? Paul? <laughs> are you even Canadian? Do you even follow hockey, Paul? Uh, not really anymore. I used to, like, I grew up, I watched the Maple Leafs religiously, like, every Saturday night with my dad, we were watching the Leafs. It was awesome. Like, you, I got a kick out of it because the games were fun, and I got to listen to my dad swear in Portuguese, like, tons. (laughs) Yeah. Which was always hilarious. (laughs) That really is the, the advantage of watching sports with, like, your family members, is you'll see a completely different side of them that you normally don't. Yeah, that and when he was driving. When he was driving. Oh, yeah. oh boy. Um, he's a bit scary, but he sounds a lot like me. Because <laughs> those are like the, like the two moments, like when I get like really, really angry. Well, okay, besides video games, but it's like watching hockey and then driving. <laughs> and when yeah. they cancel yeah, Jackass of video man. games. All right, oh, let's boy. do this story here um, yeah. from Josh. I, this, this is, this is hilarious. So. There was once a time where myself, my wife, and her folks would play Rock Band 3 every night. The addiction got so bad for her dad, though, that we woke up and discovered him one morning around 7 a.m. with no shirt on, eating Cheerios, and singing Man in the Box. (laughs) First of all, shout out to Alice in Chains. I love Alice in Chains. I know, right? (laughs) I love that. Dude, it killed me, man. It killed me. (laughs) Like, Man in the Box, also, by the way, the perfect song for this story. I am the man in the box rolling in my shit. (laughs) Also, I think my favorite part of that story is that he was playing Rock Band by himself, but he was using the microphone. Like, the microphone is usually the thing that, like, the last person uses. Like, everybody's, like, drums, bass, guitar. I guess we got to have somebody on the microphone. Are you kidding? A lot of people wanted to go for the microphone. Really? Yeah, dude. I I respectfully disagree. Yeah, you got got to live on your rock surface. Nobody wanted the microphone. Everybody wanted the guitar. Uh, But that's, you know, if if you have, like, a a group of friends of wallflowers and stuff, but if you have, like, people that are like, oh, I wanted to live out my Robert Plant fantasies or (laughs) Mick Jagger or something, um, (laughs) that's okay, Morrison. They want the microphone. So yeah, dude. Yeah, no, yeah. I I would I, love setting I absolutely up. Absolutely wanted it. I would love setting up on drums. I I thought to myself that maybe I could learn drumming. Um, shout out to Strilly. Um, 
with Rock Band, but then I realized that I was annoying my mom too much, um, so I decided to stop. <laughs> no, I was I was useless on drums. Drums I just never got. But just think about that image, though, like going in and seeing your father-in-law shirtless, like singing Alice in Shane, like Lane Staley, <laughs> basically. I mean, at that point, I would be concerned, you know, I mean, are, are you doing any drugs as well? I mean, are you trying to get into your rock star persona? <laughs> <laughs> For me, that's like an impossibility. It's it's an absolute impossibility. My Portuguese immigrant father singing <laughs> Alice in Chains. <laughs> like, let's all no take way. a minute to like imagine our father-in-laws or our fathers just like singing Alice in Chains for a moment. That that, that shirtless, <laughs> by the way, with like full chesser going out and everything. That that's a pretty good image. I I, I imagine. <laughs> At that point, yeah. do you like call for an intervention, or do you just like you're living your best life right now? Like, I don't know where to go. I I don't, I don't know whether I should just say keep doing you, man. Yeah, it's just interesting <laughs> because Rock Band was like the evolution of Guitar Hero because people were like, the Guitar Hero is great, but I don't want to play it by myself. And this is just like. I feel like the the complete inverse of what rock band was meant to be is just like one person <laughs> like just singing the entire thing. But a little aside, how many landfills do you guys think, you know, how many drums and plastic guitars are out there in landfills right now? Oh, hundreds. Dude. Oh my god, like when I when I go out to like flea markets, like that's all I see, like guitar yep. hero and uh, rock rock star, was it rock star? Rock band. Rock band. Like, I've never yeah. played any of these games, and I, I avoid people who play those games like Plague, but yeah, that's like, <laughs> and I mean, this again, Soviet Finland, like, you guys have no idea how lucky you are that you actually have like some NES and, you know, retro games at flea markets, because all, all I fucking have is like shitty PC games, and then, <laughs> yeah, Rockstar. Man. Oh god. Dude, but you know that's the- an entire episode of like what happened to Rock Band, because oh, like, yeah. I have never seen a game series just completely fall off a cliff. I like remember yeah, at so one bright. point when Rock Band first came out, I think it was like, it could have been TRL for all I know, but it was one of these like MTV live shows where they had people like play rock, like they were a rock band band. Like they were a <laughs> band, but all they did was play rock band like live. Wow. The decline of Western civilization. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but another component of that story, uh, Paul, is that Rock Band got so many people that wouldn't traditionally be into video games into video games. Oh, yeah. And it yes. burned so bright for such a brief period, and then it went out like a supernova, and then everybody was like, yeah, we're done with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, it was like karaoke but everybody could be involved at the same time like you didn't have to sit around and listen to your friend like terribly sing creep by radiohead you could also like hey, enjoy hey, hey, yourself. Hey, hey. i love creep by radiohead <laughs> i mean i love it too when it's sung by radiohead not by like <laughs> listen i do a very good rendition of creep by radiohead my i got a 99 percent rating on my karaoke last time <laughs> <laughs> wow the most unbiased really of sources. for you <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's that's also the thing about trying to go for what Nintendo called like the blue ocean demographic, which is kind of like the general demographic, which yeah. are people that are not traditionally into video games, like the Wii, is that they're very fickle. You know, they get interested in the fad, and then after they realize, oh, we're done with that fad. Like that's it. You can't reclaim that market anymore, and so that's yeah. why it's a it's fool's goal to try to keep chasing that market because that market is never really loyal. 
So that's yeah. why, you know, you see Nintendo right now with the Switch kind of refining their groove by going back to their core demographic rather than trying to chase a general all-around market which would not otherwise be interested in video games because yeah. it's kind of like, you know, catching lightning in a bottle. You never really know what's going to hit with the mainstream, but once they're done, they're really done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they sure are. Um, speaking of done, that story... <laughs> awesome. Why don't you why don't you take the next one? Flawless segue. Alright, well uh I have this one from High Score Jeffy, so name is Jeff. And he says, uh, I'll make a long story short. We we're packing up for a holiday road trip to go see some family about a two hour drive away when I was about nine years old. I packed up my original Game Boy into his carrying case with every single one of my games, as this was gonna be a week long trip. We've all had those. While we were packing everything into the car, I left my Game Boy carrying case in the driveway because I helped pack up the gifts into the trunk. We mm. sped away, and about one hour later, I realized what I had left behind. We called the neighbors when we arrived at my aunt's house, but sadly, somebody took it. I lost everything. Oh. Christmas was literally ruined, and I cried for hours. When we came home, it was Christmas Eve. My parents called me downstairs to say goodbye to some family guests we had over. To my surprise, there were a bunch of Christmas presents under the tree. My mom told me Santa stopped by early because he heard I was so sad from what I had lost. When I opened up the gifts, it was a new Game Boy and every single game I had lost. All new, all packaged. It was the best gaming memory I ever had. My parents knew it wasn't just some silly waste of time. I was a gamer. It was important to me and they drove all around Christmas Eve to find everything I had lost. I truly owe them everything for making me what I am today. I hope you guys enjoy my story. Cheers. What a heartwarming story. First of all... Okay, so, like, earlier I said that, yeah, yeah, I'm a young man and all, but now I know that I'm old because I was like, oh my god, I feel so sorry for the parents for (laughs) having to spend so much money. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm old after all. That's not what I took from that story. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you, man, I, I read this one, and when he left the Game Boy on the driveway, I gasped. Like I audibly yeah. gasped, and then, <gasps> yeah, and then terrible. I read it to my wife, and at the part where he left the Game Boy on the driveway, she gasped. <laughs> like this it's, is like a harrowing tale, man. It really I is. Was like, oh no, oh it's no. It's like every kid's worst nightmare, basically. This is you know, like it's the a plot yeah. of it's a almost Christmas like, movie. I it's love almost it. like that one time that you take your Game Boy to school and someone steals it yeah you know that oh. those were like the terrible gaming memories i don't know if you guys ever had that i didn't thankfully but i had friends that did yeah um, I, had, I had people that happened to and it's just terrible i mean people you know it's a hot commodity it was a hot commodity back in the day but this one i mean dude you just left it in the driveway and one hour later it's no longer there it's it's awful <laughs> honestly when i when i was reading that story the first time i thought the story was gonna be like his parents ran over the game boy that's what I thought as well. That's what I thought as well. Also very possible, and they may have not just told them. <laughs> they, the neighbors may have found the Game Boy, like, all shattered. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, but yeah, it's pretty bad. That was crazy, because, like, his parents doing that is is awesome. Yeah, like, shout out think- to, the, to his parents, man. I mean, you guys are the real MVP. Yeah, so, for real. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, I guess I have, you know... I guess I have a similar story to this, and I guess this is also another part of this episode, which is we can just kind of throw in a few of our stories as well, um, because it's so sad to lose your collection. And I think a lot of us that are collectors, a big part of the reason why we're collecting is because we want to 
reclaim the games that we had lost. Like over time, you trade them, you exchange them, and then you never see them again. You may have traded them in because it was a moment where you were looking for the shiny new thing and GameStop was promising you $30 of in-store credit or something, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which was never worth what the games were worth. And then they sell the <laughs> game that you just turned in for, you know, 20 times its price. So a big part of collecting is just kind of reclaiming those, you know, items you lost and also getting the ones that you never had and mm-hmm. you were always thinking about when you had the magazines back in the day. But with respect to me, as you guys know, I had to immigrate um, from Cuba. And uh, one of the parts about being in Cuba is that there's a very big um, spy system. So it was based on the East German Stasi, which was the secret police. So the problem with that is that you never knew who was a spy. So if you, like my family, had to leave the country, you couldn't really tell anyone. And so, for example, my dad was trying to get us out and, you know, my mom and me and my brother were there for four and a half years trying to get out. But the problem was that my mom could never really know when we were going to leave. So she would be told on the day off, basically, that we were going to leave. And we just couldn't even say goodbye to any of our relatives. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, when it came time that it finally seemed like it was real, um, you know, I could only take one thing. And the only thing I took was Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, and I still have that. And everything else, my PlayStation with all my games, all my other Game Boy games, everything else that I had, I just left behind. And, you know, I never stopped thinking about all those games I left behind. And when I started collecting again in 2016, a big part of that, and I started collecting Longbox games for PS1, a big part of that was just trying to get everything that I had lost because I later found out that my cousin had you know sold all his games for like a gold chain or something Mm. like all the games (laughs) so i was really pissed at him but i was just like you know screw it i I left the country so when he stayed you know i got the better end of the deal here um so i can't really be mad at him um but a big part of it was just trying to reclaim those games and so this story reminds me of that because you know, I wish that when I had got into this country, like magically, I would have been able to reclaim everything that I had lost, but I didn't. But now that I'm an adult with disposable income, I was able to do so. Um, so shout out to those parents that know how much this hobby means to all of us and they're willing to sacrifice, you know, their money and their time in order to make sure that we're happy. So, you know, that's, that's what I think it's all about. Yeah. yeah, I gotta, I gotta mention that I have a skeleton in my closet. Now that you mentioned a link to the past, and then we talked about how you know you would kind of like trade games or borrow games. Well, my my copy of a link to the past is not actually my copy. I just borrowed <laughs> it like I don't know twenty years ago and never returned it. Uh, you are that kid. kid. You yeah, are that friend. That kid. I'm that motherfucker. You so are that not friend. Not only am I old, but I'm also a horrible person. Hey, listen, the Sino Gears, my copy of Sino Gears, it didn't belong to me. Oh my <laughs> god! This this podcast this is, is a travesty. Gaming confessions. <laughs> yes, but yeah, maybe I will not. I will like, not abide. I have this. not seen that guy. I don't know for like twenty years. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe he's out there trying to reclaim his childhood, and he's like, "Man, I really wish I had a link to the past. Like I used to have it back in the day." But then that motherfucker Masa borrowed it and never returned. It. He had to even like leave Finland because he couldn't stand the sight of being so close to you. <laughs> 
probably destroyed his life, he still thinks about it every morning. Oh my god. <laughs> probably. <laughs> and here I am laughing about it. Yeah, he probably thinks that was my favorite game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh so yeah, that was that was another one of my stories. But uh, look, you know, Jeff's story, very heartwarming. I know. It was so, great. Yeah. <laughs> and it had a happy ending, which is the most important part. Yeah, absolutely. Expansive um, but happy. So, Masa, why don't you uh, why don't you roll with the next one? Okay, so um, here's a story from Lisa um, Shenstead. I I hope <laughs> I got her last name right. <laughs> but yeah, this is quite a cute story, and I actually have a like a bit of my own story related to this. But yeah, let's go. So, way back when I used to be a closet gamer, none of my friends knew I played video games for the longest time. Eventually, in about 6th grade, I led one of my friends in on the secret that I kinda had a thing for RPGs, and she, uh, she and I would play Final Fantasy on the NES together. I mean, it's a one-player game, but we would sit and talk through the things together and craft a joint narrative. The best part was choosing and naming our party because we would name different characters after our uh, after our crushes, so it would be like me and cross A and her and cross B, and we'd be roaming the countryside uh, with turn-based combat and laugh when they fainted or whatever. It's the most humiliating but delightful blend of preteen giggly girl bullshit mixed with some seriously nerdy gaming, and it's a memory I cherish and feel. Like, still really represents who I am today. <laughs> okay, I, so... Dude, I did some yeah. shit like that. <laughs> yeah, me... It was always, yeah. like, whenever I had an RPG where I could name people, it would be, like, me and my friends. I have a I very sad and tragic story related to this. Because it wasn't even that long ago when I, like, last did this. Um, me and my girlfriend, we both got Pokemon Let's Go. I got Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, and, like, she's a huge Pikachu fan girl, so I mean, of uh, of course, she would get the Pikachu version, and then we were there, like starting, uh, you know, we started to play, and then like, yeah, you have to start a Pokemon, and you can actually name them, and then mm-hmm. of course, I named my Eevee after her, and she was like, oh, that's so cute, Masa, and then I was like, yes, proudly <laughs> points, and then I was like looking at her, and you know, she's like playing with Pikachu, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, is she gonna name Pikachu after me? And I, you know, and then it didn't happen. I asked her about, like, wait, like, you didn't, you know, name your Pikachu after me. And she was like, yeah, sorry, Masa, but I love Pikachu more. <laughs> I would too, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Pikachu, like, so, so it's understandable. I couldn't get, like, too mad about it, but still. I'm a bit jealous. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, what, one of the aspects of the story, you know, that sticks out at me is just, you know, the idea of being a classic gamer. It's it's unfortunate that some people had to just, you know, hide their gaming love. Um, and I think a lot of women in particular, you know, had to do this because, yeah. you know, games were seen as a, as a stuff, as a thing for boys, unfortunately. And I think a game like Final Fantasy VII, you know, from what I had heard from a lot of people, it really was like an awakening, not only for people about RPGs, but also for women. I I think it's a game that a lot of women really took to. Um, So, you know, shout out to Final Fantasy VII for opening and broadening demographics that cherish this hobby. Yeah, I agree, Ozzy. But bear in mind, she was actually playing the OG Final Fantasy for the NES. Oh, the OG Final Fantasy. Oh, I thought yeah. it was Final Fantasy I have an VII. update to my story. 
my girlfriend <laughs> is actually on the other other room and uh she just messaged me and she's like i'm sorry i love you i mean pikachu <laughs> is pikachu you know i can name pikachu masa it wouldn't be pikachu anymore <laughs> <laughs> Real time update on oh, Massa's relationship. Breaking news on that one. <laughs> yeah. I um I showed my wife uh Lisa's story and my wife just like could not stop giggling. Not because she's a gamer and she can identify, but she was like, I'm so happy to know that no matter what the hobby, preteen girls are preteen girls everywhere. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. But see, I I did that same shit like all the time. Like whenever I I had that option, I would name characters like after friends or after like uh, other like uh, fictional characters. Like I love doing that type of shit. I like, think when I, I was a kid, especially with Pokemon. Pokemon was like the best because you had like infinite names that you could as many Pokemon as you caught, you could come up with like the most ridiculous, stupid names imaginable. Um, and of course, like everybody named Gary, like asshole or, you know, butt face <laughs> or whatever. Orly, can you do me a solid? Please name your Pikachu after me. I will. I will. As Thank soon as you. I get a switch and I get pa- Pokemon Shield, here. I will Pulse name over- my Pikachu after you. Thank also you. over here, like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> like, I don't know what these guys are talking about. <laughs> He's just, like, turning out from all this Pokemon talk. Um, no, I think for me, like, I think it was, like, Harvest Moon. It wasn't like I was naming, you know, particular because I don't think you had the ability to name other people. Yeah. But I kind of identified, like, certain, like, romantic interests with people I like, like, when I yeah. liked, like, girls I liked at the time. So, I, I think that was more of what I did rather than just changing the names. Yeah. Um, or, I think, for example, in The Sims, that that I did. I would create oh, yeah. Sims and it would be based around people I knew. Yeah. And the then Sims I would put is them like, in a house like and then just, like, put that. no, you know, put no bathrooms and no doors. <laughs> and Watch them die. Torture them. <laughs> no, The Sims is like... Just make you and your friends and, like, do shit. Like, that's all The Sims is. Is like, oh, here's a dollhouse. And it's like, oh, well, I guess I'll make, like, the people that I know. Like, because what else would you do? You know, there are, you know, minor digression, but there are games Mm -hmm. that you play so much that every once in a while, like, the sounds from the game come back to haunt you. Um, (laughs) And with The Sim, there's this whistling that every once in a while, you know, it's like a demon that comes back and looms over my shoulder. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I remember that. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's what it reminded me of right now. Yeah. This is going off the rails. Sorry. It, it, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been off the rails since the start. <laughs> Relationship crisis awaited. My girlfriend just messaged me. I'll find a Pikachu and name it after you. Just not the Pikachu. <laughs> so I guess it's better than nothing. <laughs> So she's gonna find like a dirty ass second yeah, like Pikachu. <laughs> never gonna train him, never gonna level him up. Yeah. Just gonna be in the Pokemon box for the rest I of his can't life. Oh Mas, I hope you feel cozy in that Pokeball because you're never coming out of it. I'm just imagining like a fucking homeless Pikachu <laughs> named Masa on the side of the road. <laughs> Asking for a trainer to love him. <laughs> I'm Masa Chu. Oh my god. <laughs> love me. Oh god. Oh, Should we take a break? Uh, let's take a quick break here and when we come back, more stories. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
Alright guys, we're back. And uh, so Arnie, why don't you share one with us? Alright, um, so the first story I have here is from Donnie Archer, aka at Grab Life by the Controller. Uh, check out his podcast, Grab Life by the Controller. Um, he's like been chatting us up and supporting us forever, so I'm glad yeah, he I sent like in dude. something. And I like his story. Um, so here it goes. It says, I never had any gaming magazine subscriptions growing up, but every now and again, my grandma would pick me up a Nintendo Power while she was out at Toys R Us or somewhere else. My grandma was super cool about gaming, and she loved seeing my eyes light up and and get excited uh, with anything gaming related. I remember one Friday night, she called my parents to ask what I was doing and to see if I could come stay the night. Usually that meant something big was going on, some secret surprise. My grandma drove down, picked me up, and we went to Pizza Hut and played some Pac-Man or Donkey Kong, I can't remember which, while waiting for our personal pan pizzas. I honestly thought that was the big surprise, but that wouldn't reveal itself till the next morning. I didn't stay up very late at my grandparents' house or act crazy. I'm one of their oldest grandkids, so I didn't have anyone to get me hyper or anything. So bedtime was bedtime. In the morning, I woke up to the smell of coffee and breakfast being made by and my grandma yelling at me to wake up. She said I didn't want to miss it. You see, the week before, my grandma was flipping through the channels and found a show about video games on TV. She wasn't sure if it was a fluke, so she drove down to Kmart and bought a TV guide just so she'd know what it was and how to find it for me. The show was called Game Pro, and the host was J.D. Roth. I missed the very first episode, but my grandma went out of her way to introduce me to it and share that experience with me. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. Also, shout out to TV Guides. <laughs> a thing was, of the I, past. I was going to say so many things. So, shout out to Nintendo Power. Shout out to Pizza Hut. Shout out to Kmart. And shout out to TV Guide. <laughs> Just like layers upon layers of dating this story in like a precise moment in time. Kmart and TV and Guides. I'm rest in peace. Sure. Sorry, what's that? Kmart and TV Guides. Rest in peace. Yeah, indeed, eh? Um, I'm pretty sure you guys don't remember the Game Pro show, yeah? I did not watch it, no. I, I was in Cuba, so, you know, so it was past my time. When I came home, yeah, it was yeah. really good. Yes. <laughs> we didn't I, uh, even I have TVs do. back then. <laughs> yeah. Um, when he, when he said J.D. Roth, that was actually, that was actually, like, the thing that tickled my memory, and I was like, oh my god, I remember this show. Yeah. Dude, back then, it was like, it was so cool seeing like a show dedicated to games on TV. Um, you know, eventually we'd have the electric playground and stuff like that. And it became uh, like almost more mainstream. But when I was a little kid, there was like game pro. And I think there was another show called video power mm. and it had like this. And it was, I think it was kids competing and it had this really obnoxious host. And, um, I think the prize that they had in Video Power, like virtually every episode was Insector X for the Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> I remember because there was another version of that concept that Nickelodeon did called like the Nick Arcade or something like that. I think yeah. that's what yeah. it was called. Um, but yeah, like video game TV, like sort of became a thing for a little bit. But I think Game Pro was one of the first of this sort of situation because they did like video game reviews and like uh like it was sort of like a variety show right pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. and and, the and thing- they had um and they had a similar thing in canada i love how in canada 
man, Canada's so charming for like all these like kind of low rent spinoffs of American <laughs> shows. And we had one in Canada called Video and Arcade. And I can still hear the theme song in my head. And it was hosted by a dude. And like this, the dude's name on the show was Nicholas Piccolis. Oh my God. No, it wasn't. No, it, it was, was not. totally Nicholas Piccolis. <laughs> and like, and if you're in Canada and you say Nicholas Piccolis and somebody recognizes it, you have like instant friends. <laughs> I'll go around Toronto just saying Nicholas Piccolis to everyone. Dude, people, people, I mean, obviously, you know, 19 out of 20 people will, will be like, what's wrong with this dude? <laughs> but the one that I do find, that one is going to be a key. Oh my God. Um, but, you know, it's hard to think about right now in the time of YouTube um, and easy access to everything. But back in the day, we were really starved for video content of video games. So oh, yeah. if you could find anything, even if it was a shitty TV show, you know, where it was more like competitive gaming, you will lap yeah. that up. Um, oh, yeah. Because I remember even when G4 came out, which it was a big deal, just a yes. channel dedicated to video games, you know, and, and it died a very kind of slow, agonizing death. Yeah. Um, but it was big, an electric playground with, shout out to Tommy Tallarico. Hell yeah. Um, Our favorite game composer, yo. Yeah, yeah, the best game composer. Number one, undisputed. <laughs> <laughs> Much like Tom Brady, the greatest at his <laughs> position of all time. <laughs> okay, let's not keep alienating people, man. <laughs> but yeah, can you guys believe that back in the days in Finland, we actually had a TV show with CDI games. And nothing but CDI. What? Yeah. Dude. I'm pretty sure there's a market for that. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Like, yeah, like a person. I'm pretty sure there's a person that looks up back upon that very fondly. <laughs> oh, my God. My God, a show dedicated to CDI games. That's inconceivable. Yeah, it was like on every week. Oh like no God, NES, amazing. no Super Nintendo, no you know, Mega Drive, but CDI. That's amazing. That's incredible. I, I remember. Yeah, I, I we live in the bizarro world. Yeah, I remember being at my grandparents' house and, like, stumbling upon G4 and, like, immediately being like, this is the greatest thing of all time. Like, I think I, I started, I watched, um, what was that show called? I really liked it. It was uh, X-Play. X-Play, X-Play was, like, was my great, favorite yeah. show on G4, and I, and I watched it all the time. As soon as I got home, I was like, I need to figure out, because that's the thing, too, is, like... When you go, when I went back to Puerto Rico, like all the channels were different because the cable providers were different. So I had to like scramble to like try to figure out what channel this, this thing was on. Cause I was obsessed with it after, after I saw it for the first time. But yeah, now with YouTube, it's like so easy. But back then it was like, if you could hold on to anything, you'd be like, I need to like know when this is on all the time. Yeah. yeah. Shout out oh, dude, 100%. to, uh, Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb, who yep. held down the fort at X-Play. Um, I really used to like X-Play. I mean, even once it petered out, um, I, there was a, there was a really controversial, you know, kind of, you know, end to X-Play. I mean, mm-hmm. Adam Sessler basically was fired almost live. Uh, yeah. it was, it was really, really traumatic for him. Um, <laughs> but he was really good. I, I really liked him. Um, because he seemed like someone that was into video games, but, was not obsessed with them. And so he brought like a very different perspective. It, it yeah. wasn't like a fanboy perspective. So I really mm-hmm. appreciated that. Um, but they had but no, all my, sorts of crazy stuff on, on G4 for a yeah, while. Yeah, like sheets and stuff like that, yep. which was always weird. Sheets. And then yeah. they started doing like non-video game related stuff, but was like, I guess, gamer 
like oriented i don't know yeah, they started doing like they, they basically the started like something. importing yeah. japanese game shows and like yeah. showing yeah. them well that's where uh that's where olivia munn got her start um, that's right who now happens to be in a bunch of different movies and stuff um but yeah g4 you know died a very very slow death and it was very painful to see but yeah well why don't we uh why don't we move on to the next one here All i've right. got i got an email from a listener in brazil ciro silveira jr oh yeah he he wrote the most lovely thing. Um, I'm not gonna get into the stuff like about congratulating us and all that kind of stuff because you know I'm my my self esteem is not high enough for that. <laughs> but thank you, but thank you for, for the <laughs> but praise. thank you anyway. Um, I will say, Sir, muito obrigado por escrever esse email. Thank you for that email. Eu realmente gostei muito disso. Obrigado. It was it was fun just reading from another Portuguese dude. Um, <laughs> So anyway, so I don't have a specific memory. I have tons of memories, but they're all about me and my brothers playing video games together. We had an imported Japanese Mega Drive, and we played the hell out of it. Games like Castle of Illusion, Sonic, Road Rash, Shadow Dancer, Altered Beast, Decap Attack, Fantasia. We had a blast with those games, and I feel very nostalgic about it. Podcasts like yours help me to keep this nostalgic flame alive. I keep those memories enshrined in my heart. Thank you, guys. Love from Brazil, Ciro. Oh, that was great. And, and that's the thing. <laughs> that was amazing. Was, you know, similar to music, for many of us, video games bring us back to an earlier time. You know, when we were spending time with our siblings or spending time with our cousins and just kind of whittling away the free hours that we had over our summers, spending time mm-hmm. just playing video games and having not much else to worry about. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, yeah, like, it's so, yeah, so far, like, these stories have made me think, think about it that, um, if you think about gaming, a lot of these stories, you know, these are, you know, for, from people's childhoods. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it is like just what Ozzy said. And while I feel like, Gaming is probably like, or video games in general are better than ever in 2019. But the gaming culture itself, um, it's not the same as it used to be. No. It's a lot more hostile, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't think you really get like that kind of like feel good stories that often anymore. Uh, no, I think we I, do. I, I, I think, think they do. It, yeah, but it, it's just I their show. It revolves around like single player stuff though now. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't hear anyone kind of waxing nostalgic about online multiplayer. Yeah, yeah no. Except I, I for, don't know, man. I, I will say the exception to that is probably like very early stuff, like playing Halo on like Xbox Live when it originally launched. Um, like those things, I feel like people are somewhat nostalgic for. But usually, it's and probably like, probably like World of Warcraft. Too, yeah. Now that I think, yeah, but guys, it's kind of cooperative. Yeah, but we have to keep perspective as well. Like we're adults. You know, we don't know what kids nowadays. I resent nowadays. that remark. <laughs> I am a 27 year old and I have a podcast and I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Arnie. <laughs> we don't know what kids these days are going to, you know, wax nostalgic about. Yeah. It may be Fortnite. It may be YouTube. It may be particular shows. Like, we don't have, unfortunately, a finger to the polls um, yeah. of what kids nowadays are into uh, unfortunately i mean that's what happens you grow up and then you lose contact with the newer generations and 
you know, for us, we don't hear those anymore because what we grew up with and what we wax nostalgic about are things that we grew up around and things that we cherish as well. So, and we just kind of tune out everything else. But I'm pretty I do sh- wonder though, because like our culture right now, I mean, as far as pop culture goes, is extremely fragmented compared to what it was. Like, there will, as far as I can tell, there will never be another Simpsons, right? There will never yeah. be another show that everybody watches and everybody gets the jokes and we're all nostalgic for yeah. from back in the day. But I right? think, like, I think part of that is the it's it's basically lack of globalization like right now everything is so open and you can find so many things that you have so many more options you know whereas before i feel like you were much more limited in what you could watch so people tended to gravitate to similar things and also like the same thing with games like none of us had access to like hundreds of games like when we were young oh yeah dude you got a game yeah, exactly. And it was like that was yeah. You would get like maybe while. you know four or five games a year, and that's it. And then you would you know end up borrowing games from your friends and, <laughs> and never, never returning, returning them. them. So and never returning <laughs> yeah. them. <laughs> but that's also the aspect you know that is particularly troubling, at least to me, is that kids nowadays they have so much choice, and they're never starved for boredom. You know, yeah. back in the day, if you had Mega Man, even if it was hard as nails. You were going to carry through with it because that's the only thing you had in order to spend your spare time. And you knew that you weren't going to get a game until two months down the line, maybe. So nowadays, if kids, you know, get a game that's too hard, oh, I'm just going to go to YouTube and watch some videos and just do something else. (laughs) That is one thing because I will say I, I do watch like Let's Plays of stuff. But I feel like there's a little bit, there's something lost in that sort of trading aspect of games and like discovering something while playing it for the first time instead of like oh this game looks cool like let me look up a video of what it is like i feel like it doesn't feel the same way to discover something i mean it's good and bad it's good and bad because how how many cover arts lie to you and then you realize that you (laughs) picked out a really shitty game oh yeah dude yeah yeah iron sword yeah i I think we could do like a whole episode about that (laughs) yeah I remember seeing Iron Sword and thinking that I was going to have a shirtless Fabio in my game. <laughs> Hell yeah! I was I was going to ask, dude. I was going to ask what was I was going to ask what was the game with Fabio on the cover, and I was wondering <laughs> if it was that one. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wizards and Warriors Two Iron Sword. I called it Iron it Sword Two. That's a mistake. <laughs> yeah, and then in the game, he's wearing full armor, and where's my shirtless dude? Yeah, <laughs> just lies. I'm still wondering. All lies. Well, let me just carry on and and tie it back to the story because Mm -hmm. for me, video games are a connection to my history of growing up with my brother. So kind of continuing on after I emigrated here to the United States, my mom had to work two jobs. My parents were divorced. And so a lot of the time that I spent with my brother, it was both me and him alone and I had to take care of him. And so we played video games. And... You know, so much of our memories are tied around video games and him watching me play and me playing single player games um, that I remember about two years back, you know, he was like, I really miss those days when we used to just, you know, spend our time with you playing video games and me watching them. And so he came over, he visited me in New York and we spent like a whole weekend just me playing Bloodborne and him like cheering me on. Um, <laughs> and there was that moment where we 
you know, where I killed Father Gascon. And we just like jumped and jumped and jumped and we were so happy. And it was like, it really took me back to growing up. And at that moment, I realized that that was kind of like the connection for us, that video games were really something that was significant between us. And it was a critical part of our, the development in our relationship. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it, you know, we had like a really deep divide for a long time. And it's kind of like video games helped sow that divide again, weirdly enough. Yeah. Um, so shout out to video games for bringing siblings together again. Yeah. I have a, I have a similar yeah, story, um, except that I'm an only child, so I don't have siblings. Um, but I remember at me and my best friend, um, in, I think it was like first year of college, we decided that we like wanted to play like more video games. And I was telling him about, you know, Legend of Dragoon and he had never played it. And so I was like, we're going to sit down and we're going to play the whole thing. And I remember it was, it was great because it was like every other day after school or whenever we got a chance, we, you know, go to each other's house and we'll sit down and we play a few hours and like trade the controller back and forth. And, you know, it was, it was crazy. Even with like a game that's supposed to be a single player experience, like just having somebody there with you to experience like the highs, the lows, all that, you know, the achievement of like finally beating a game is, is amazing. Like it's so different than just being there by yourself. Cause like a lot of times, like when you accomplish something in a game, you feel accomplished, but to have somebody there, you know, sort of rooting for you and sort of sharing in that accomplishment um, you know, there's nothing like that feeling. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah, totally absolutely. relate to that. Like, uh, really often, like, when I play games, um, like, my girlfriend is, like, always next to me on the couch. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, um, and the kind of games that I play, like, for example, uh, been playing Dragon Quest XI, like, still playing that game. And, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it kind of feels like our thing. Like, even if she's not really playing, like, she's yeah. watching me play, but still, it's our thing. Um, but yeah, I gotta say it's, it's kind of sad that nowadays, um, like for example, I don't really have like gaming nights with my friends that often these days because, you know, life happens. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's always a bit bittersweet. Like for example, just recently I picked up the Capcom beat em up, um, collection. Yeah. I was like, yeah, all these like really awesome beat em ups. Yeah. I can't wait to play them. But then I was like, but when am I actually going to play them? Because let's be, let's be honest, like beat em ups aren't like that fun alone. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, when, like, will I ever even get to play those? Or like, if I have friends coming over, they might be that, um, because I have some, you know, younger friends who Mm -hmm. aren't into, you know, 16 bit, you know, beat em ups. They might want to play some, you know, re- like more recent games. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, life happens. Yeah. Well, dude, what you have to do is you just have to friggin' handcuff them to their chairs and <laughs> force them to play. Yeah. And I realize that handcuffs aren't conducive to holding controllers, but you're a resourceful guy. You can find a way to make yeah. it. I mean, they're wireless now, so there's not a, it's not really a problem. You can just hold them at an awkward angle. There you go. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah. I mean, it also, it also like takes away the joy of giving somebody a shitty second player controller and you get to keep the really nice first player oh, controller. Dude. I completely forgot about that whole, That's like, the best. that whole thing, man. Whenever it's Jeez. like, oh yeah, we're going to play, I don't know, like, 
we're going to play Need for Speed and it's like they've got their nice dual shock and then they're like here's the Mad Cat's wireless controller that my mom bought me in like Puerto Vallarta, Mexico when she went on a cruise. <laughs> it's like one of the joysticks is chewed off and it's like oh great this is this is awesome. <laughs> All right, Ozzy, why don't you give us the next one? All right, so this one comes from uh, Quill Gaming Four Thousand, who I believe is in Australia, maybe. Um, but I'm not gonna try to do an Australian accent because that would be very embarrassing. Oh my god! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's a whole continent. We can't lose the whole continent. I can't, we can't lose the whole continent. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here it goes. So back in 2003, GameStation in the UK. Um, so I guess I guess he's from the UK. Um, <laughs> we're Damn selling. It. Damn it. Uh, I messed that one up again. Um, we're selling Dreamcast for 15 quid and I nearly bought one, but I decided instead to spend that 15 quid on beer. We've all been there. Um, fast forward to 2011. <laughs> I had a dream that I was playing a Dreamcast and that it was awesome. When I woke up, I figured it was a sign as well as a potentially excellent anecdote. So I chased one down and got my first super yellowed Siggy Butt Pod Dreamcast. It was in <laughs> fact awesome, especially once I shelled out for a VGA box. If only I had known you could just burn CDs for it and run it through a VGA input, I'd have bought that one in 2003, and mm-hmm. it would have gotten session at uni. So, good story. He also has another story, but maybe we should comment on that one. Um, Dreamcast was just an amazing machine, and I feel like a lot of people passed up on it, you know, even when it was being sold at, at bargain yeah. prices. Um, and I feel like it was really a shame because it really deserved better. Um, yeah. So I'm glad to see that this Dreamcast had a second lease on life. I mean, I remember playing Dreamcast at a buddy's house, and I and I did like like we played we played Jet Set and we played uh, Shenmue, I think, and they, it was great. But that controller like stabbed my hands, and I never wanted to hold it again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not the greatest controller, uh, sadly, but the system I I, I love that little system. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw it, like he put up a picture of that system on Instagram. It was Did you guys see it? Very yeah, I yellow. saw it. It's very yellow. It, it is Dude, true to his work. So it's character. very yellow. Uh, but that's what gives a character, as you say, Paul. Um, I didn't it's know. Like, it's funny because I didn't like you always hear of like Super Nintendo's yellowing, and mine did when I was a kid, but I never heard of a Dreamcast yellowing. So that was Oh, like, I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. interesting to me that it was that Dude, yellow. I don't, it's 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 like the former owner smoked out of the Dreamcast. Like he didn't just smoke his cigarettes <laughs> next to it. Turned the Dreamcast like into a bomb. Put it next to his mouth and like you know did hits out of the Dreamcast. It's so yellow. Oh, by, by the way, let me just mention. I got my. I may have mentioned the story, but I got my Dreamcast. You know, from a friend in exchange for my PS One. So this was two thousand one, I think. And for mm. whatever reason, this guy thought that even though the PS One was going out of you know commission at that point as well he decided that it was a good idea to trade for a dreamcast and so i didn't even blink i was just like sure all right and i got shamu i got a bunch of games and i have so much love for the little system because in two and a half years it put out so much quality content Mm -hmm. so much capcom support so many great sega franchises it was it was great so you know shout out to the dreamcast yeah Uh, so the other story that he says is uh, another good one was the time I got Sonic 3D for the Mega Drive back in 95, 96 for my birthday when it came out. I played it quite a bit, but I didn't complete it until 15 years later. Damn, that was a triumphant feeling to finally master that game. I got all the Chaos Emeralds as well, and it's the only Sonic game I have completed to date. 
I was also playing while shilling with my best mate. I got to the last boss and was struggling at first, and when I was about ready to quit from frustration, my mate forced me to keep trying. I found a safe spot where Robotnik couldn't hit me and was able to bounce that big round bastard off into oblivion. <laughs> so just like we were saying, yeah. like having your friends cheer you on is awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and it's funny, I think I'm pretty sure he's saying Sonic 3D Blast, right? I, I'm assuming yeah, it was which called something like, else in PAL territories, maybe. Oh, that's yeah. funny. I thought he meant like Sonic 3 and it was a typo. No. no. So I... Okay, so I, I've, I've definitely told this story before how I never actually owned a Genesis, but my aunt, like, bought me a Nomad. Um, so, I was, like, I always thought that, like, Genesis cards were, like, just for Nomads because I'm an idiot. Um, That's awesome. But one of the <laughs> games I got was Sonic 3D Blast, and good on him because even as a kid, I was, like, this is, like, making my eyes bleed. Like, especially <laughs> on, like, a tiny Nomad screen, I was, like, this is the worst it's like Quill Gaming. I mean, shout out to you because not many people look back fondly upon Sonic 3D Blast. Yeah. And if it is Sonic 3D Blast, you know, good for you, man. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to ask him for clarification, which by the way, I should have done before we started recording. Um, I'll ask him for clarification and then we'll uh we'll let everybody know on the next show. Yeah. We'll superimpose yeah. your voice over Ozzy. Like when he says, like, Sonic, three, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right, guys, let's take a, let's take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, you guessed it, more stories. Yay! So, uh, Masa, why don't you roll with the next one? Okay, so this one is really sad and tragic. So, <laughs> I don't think we will really be laughing about this one. But, yeah, this is from uh, Dave, a.k.a. Uh, Free Radical Dave on the Instagram. And uh, let's go. So, uh, one of my gaming memories which I miss is competition and sharing scores with magazines. I remember taking photographs with a camera, getting the film developed at the shop and sending the scores to magazines for scoring and then waiting waiting a month to see where you ranked. I'm probably the only person who misses this, but it was great fun. Through N64 magazine, I was often on the perfect dark boards and was the monthly winner on Mario Party 2 winning a gold-colored controller. Unfortunately, one month I failed to send in my Ikaruga score and the prize was an expensive flat screen TV. I checked when the next issue came came out and I would have won if I had sent in my score. I'm still <laughs> kicking myself over this. Oh no. <laughs> Imagine, like that must have been like 15 years ago and holy crap. Yeah, I can only imagine like how expensive that TV, you know, was back I then. know, dude. Oh, especially... <laughs> Good on him for that good score on Ikaruga. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. say. When he said Ikaruga, I was like, wow, dude, you had like the highest score in Ikaruga. He must be like a magician. (laughs) Yeah. Because that game was tough, dude. It's still tough. 
Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that game from afar because I am terrible at it. Um, my brain just doesn't work with the polarity system at all. So, hey, man, congrats. Yeah, yeah. dude, that polarity system is... I, my brain has the same kind of issue. Like, I have just a very difficult time. It's a game, dude, it makes me feel so stupid when I play it sometimes because, like, I'll, I'll often change polarity with the opposite color bullet right on top of me and so like when i change polarity i'd like instantly die and it makes me feel so dumb i'm like oh my god why did i change it was like right on top of me which kind of goes to another point which is i think that you know it's really beautiful to see how different individuals brain works and how for some people this just kind of clicks i was seeing yesterday um actually not yesterday about two days ago i was seeing um this youtuber i think her name is lara 6693 or so and uh she's like a piano and violin player and she plays video game covers and she did a medley of like an hour and 10 minutes of just like you know, 18 seconds of each song that people like threw up. And she was oh just like, God. you know, reading the comments and just like changing on the fly to like different songs. Wow. It was just brilliant. And I'm like, it's incredible how the brain can work that for these people, it's just like, it's just like a, a second, you know, appendage basically. It's like yeah. you have full mastery of your brain and it's like you've tapped into this hidden knowledge and you've tapped into the center of your brain that most people can't tap. Yeah. And that's how I feel about people that perform very well in like arcades and like get high scores and stuff like that and on shmups in particular because shmups are some of the hardest games out there and yeah. ikaruga man i mean that game you really do need to have your brain working on another level in order to be able to achieve a high score in that game By the um, way, meanwhile you, yeah. i like boil water on the wrong burner on the stove like. <laughs> by the way did you guys ever send your um, scores to magazines back in the day no i never did I, nah, man. I, I wish I had, though. Like, I know when I read that, I was like, I know exactly what he's talking about. I remember reading those scores, and I remember I remember having, like, a super high score. Uh, once I, I discovered some kind of secret in Space Harrier that could, you know, kind of inflate your score by, like, 10x. Oh, wow. And I remember wanting to send in that Space Harrier score, um, but just never, I mean, never did, right? But it was always a cool little feature in magazines, I thought. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. I, I, as an adult, like, I think it sounds really cool and I'd probably be into it. As a kid, I was just like, if it's more than one step, I, d- I don't. Like, I got to play the game, then I got to set up my camera, and I got to not get glare on the TV. Um, and then I got to go take it to get developed. I don't know what this picture looks like, so I could get it developed and it looks like garbage and I can't send it in anyway. <laughs> so I was just like, no, forget it. I'm, whatever. <laughs> I'm too lazy. Well, there also used to be, I think at least in Electronic Gaming Monthly and I think also in GamePro, like people would submit like their letters with drawings and they would pick a winner every yeah. month. Um, so I saw a lot of cool artwork, um, yeah. you know, with respect to those submissions. Yes. Those were always cool. Like, but there was always also like the, the two people who like, they were like, well, I guess we got to put them in the magazine. And it's like, <laughs> like a step and a half above a stick drawing. And then it's like, <laughs> and here's Jeremy. And Jeremy did like a photorealistic drawing of like Zelda in like charcoal on like the side of a tree. Like, 
<laughs> but what about if that other drawing from Jimmy was Jimmy in his like terminal illness? He decided that his dying wish was to submit this to EGM. And yeah, now exactly. Feel, and now no, you feel like, like shit, Arnie, for you know, <laughs> shitting on that. <laughs> Don't assume, Arnie. With all that time, you think he'd be better at drawing Charmander. No, it looks oh, like. Oh, no. Oh, Arnie, man, come on. Oh. Come on. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that was awful. <laughs> Dude, you're almost as bad as Masa not returning that yeah. Zelda cart. Oh, man. <laughs> That's it. You lost all your karma points, Arnie. All that good work and being the only member of the Region Free Gamers to not miss a show, all of that has been lost. All of it. <laughs> Too bad. Hey, so Arnie, why don't you statements. take the next one? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe redeem yourself to someone else's story. <laughs> All right. So this is from Jimmy. Uh, a few years ago, I submitted a drawing for... <laughs> oh, God. You're oh, okay. Does he have a brother called Beamy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Oh, All right. Man. Uh, this is from Cameron, aka at One Up Mushroom eighty eight. What up? He was the original supporter. inspiration for this episode, so I'm glad that he managed to send us a story because that would have been embarrassing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this one's been edited for time. I hope he doesn't mind, but it says I was ten years old and being dragged to my parents by my parents to a holiday party. Some of their friends were having uh, relatable. I was typically a pretty shy kid growing up, so I wasn't. Always the most social, but if there were video games, I was definitely not too shy to watch and play with the other kids. Once we got there, I saw a big group of kids huddled around a big box TV set up on a chair in the middle of the room. The older kids were playing and the younger kids were watching. Something I think we can all remember happening. I remember being totally blown away with what I was seeing. I worked up the courage to finally ask what the game was. It was The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. I had never played a Zelda game before this and knew very little about the series and the N64, but I knew no matter what, I needed to play this game. I only had the Sony systems growing up. At the time, I only had a PS1. My cousins that I grew up with only had Sega consoles. Luckily, not long after that holiday party, my best friend at the time got a Nintendo 64 for Christmas, along with the copy of Ocarina of Time. The gaming gods were looking out for me. Now was my chance to finally play this game and experience it. The short wait from when I first saw the game to when I was finally able to play seemed like an eternity, but was well worth that wait. The game was incredible, completely changing what I thought a game experience could be. It was not until high school when I was finally able to purchase my own N64 and give this game a full playthrough, which after all that time is still just as impressive. That's pretty, That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. I know. And yeah. I it's funny, I had a very similar experience um, when the first time I saw Ocarina of Time was this older kid that lived by like my grandparents' house. Um, and I would go there all the time when I was there and just sit in his living room and watch him play Ocarina of Time, Sonic Adventure, like all sorts of crazy stuff. Which, by the Man. way, o- Ocarina of Time is just one of those games that I personally don't have that experience with it because I didn't have a Nintendo 64. Why would I? Um, <laughs> but for a lot of people our age, Ocarina of Time was such a massive influence on their youth um i feel like it's one of those games that it was a coming of age game where you kind of saw yourself in link and his growing up and stuff and um i mean it's such a nostalgic game for so many people and yeah yeah absolutely 
it, it, I, I just find it interesting. I mean, because these people probably, you know, had like three games because it was a Nintendo 64. Um, and one of them was Ocarina <laughs> of Time. Um, so, and the other was Pilot Wings. And then oh, the other one was Quest 64. <laughs> <laughs> but I also have a game like that. And surprisingly, it's not a Nintendo game. Um, Ooh. But what? Yeah, yeah. It was actually Final Fantasy VII. Um, I never had a PlayStation 1 growing up because I was one of those, I don't know, four people who owned a, <laughs> owned an N64. <laughs> but my friend, um, had Final Fantasy 7 and we played it together and I watched him play, but I never actually got to see the whole game. Mm. So now that the game is finally like coming out on the Switch, I, I actually ended up pre-ordering it. And I mean, hopefully it's still as good as it used to be back in the day. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like really looking forward to playing it. I like, gotta on say. On my own. I- I do have to say that that the most massa thing to ever be done is waiting for a PlayStation 1 game to come out on a Nintendo console <laughs> before you buy it. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I yeah. could have, you know, bought it. Like, I could have, you know, bought it digitally for, you know, numerous uh, PlayStation <laughs> consoles or picked up, you know, picked up a PlayStation 1 copy. But, yeah, it never happened. Been yeah, waiting for yeah. this moment. Yeah, or you could wait until 2030 for the remaster to come out on PlayStation 4. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, no, too soon, too soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's interesting. It's going to be later than that. Because Ocarina of Time, you know, I played it on the 3DS, and, you know, I wouldn't say it's a game that hasn't aged well. I think mm-hmm. that it's still kind of fun, but for me, going at it, you know, so many years after the fact, I'm just kind yeah. of looking at it and saying... I don't know what the big deal is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's the case for a lot of people that were just kind of past their time when they played yeah. it. Um, because it, see, it feels like a game that when you were young, it felt very liberating and there was so much freedom running around Hyrule Fields mm-hmm. with the Pona and stuff and the music soaring in the back. But for me, you know, looking back at it, I, you know, at the time when I saw it, I hated the blurry graphics. I, I hated the Nintendo 64 for how blurry it always looked and how yeah. dark it looked. I, I, I don't know. I, I really did not like how the Nintendo 64 looked. Yeah. But now, like playing it on the 3DS where they fixed a few of the graphics, it looks less blurry and all that. I still feel like I don't get what the big deal is. Um, so I don't know if other people also had that experience, but that's yeah. how I felt. So, I guess my game confession, I've never finished, or I mean, I've never really played through Ocarina of Time. Um, I really liked the way it looked when I was a kid, but it was like, I don't know, it felt like a game that was intimidating for me when I was younger. Like, I, I wouldn't be able to handle, like, all did. this stuff. <laughs> but listen, yeah. I, I, I can totally relate to that, though. I mean, the idea of a game providing you the freedom that you lack as a child, I... Yeah. I can totally relate to that because that happened to me with Shenmue. And it's a game that hit me at the right time. And when I played it, I felt like I was living vicariously through Ryu Hazuki. Yeah. Um, and now you look at that game, even now that the remastered version came out, and people are wondering, I don't get what the big deal is. So if you didn't happen to play it at the right time and at the yeah. right location it just kind of passed you by it's one of those you had to be there you know yeah. type of games yeah absolutely yeah, yeah I, I agree like, that is I, one I would of the... say about Ocarina of Time that um, it's still a great game um, but I don't think you appreciate it as, as much if you didn't play it back in the day and 
I had the same experience with Shenmue because, I mean, I was an Nintendo kid, so I didn't have a Dreamcast, and I was really jealous of, like, I remember, like, the hype surrounding um, Shenmue. I was like, man, I really wish I, you know, could get to play that game. And then, you know, I, I picked up the remaster, and, yeah. like, I can appreciate it. Like, if I think about the era, like, like there was nothing like that back back then, but yeah. it's just not fun anymore, like, when it comes to the actual gameplay. Oh, no, yeah. absolutely. And at even back in the... I was going to say, at least with Shenmue, now you have Yakuza, which is like the sort of successor. improved yeah, version yeah, of yeah. that. Well, but even back in the day, I remember I used to have relatives come over and they didn't really get video games. And yeah. whenever they would see me, they're like, oh, man, this kid, he's always playing that game where he's always like walking <laughs> and stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the appeal of that is. He's like, you know, I, every time I see him, you know, there's this character walking. There's this person walking. <laughs> and I'm like, if you explain it to anyone, it's like, yeah, I just do a lot of walking in that game. That's yeah. basically all I do. And then I wait for, like, the right time to come so that they can open a particular, yeah. you know, bar so that I can ask the sailors if they have seen, you know, uh, the guy that killed my father. It's <laughs> And then you work the forklift. <laughs> yeah, then I work a forklift. But, you know, but it came with a sense of responsibility, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt like I didn't have that back in the day. And so... You know, the idea of having a job, I mean, you know, nowadays you think about it, it's like, I just wanted a job when I was a kid, <laughs> which is weird. Uh, but no, I don't think Ocarina of Time, I mean, I remember back in the day, like even as as early as 2005, people were still calling it the best game of all time. Yeah. I don't think we're saying that anymore. Um, no, no. Oh, but, I disagree, dude. I think people are still saying that. I think I think some people are. And those people are wrong. That. And those people are very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, I would take, I would die on that hill. I don't <laughs> think it's the best game of all time. I mean, if you tell yeah. me something like, I don't know, Breath of the Wild, pff, yeah, possibly. It's not even yeah. the best game in the Zelda series. So, there you go. Controversial yeah. statement. Hot take. Hot take. <laughs> Everybody knows. We've said it on this podcast before. The best Zelda game is Zelda 2. No. Everybody knows that. I think that we're all on the same page. It's the only game that endorses prostitution. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It was very progressive for its time. (laughs) Or regressive, depending upon how you look at it. True. Uh, One other other quick thing about uh, about Cameron's story. Um, He mentions it at the end of the email. I had to, and we kind of like missed it, but um, is the way that he experienced the game for the first time... I don't know that that really happens anymore. No. Because now, if you want to see a game, you just go to YouTube oh, and yeah. you see the game. And so you don't, you don't, I don't know how often it happens these days anymore where you go to someone's house and you're like, whoa, what's this? Yeah. Yeah. There I was, mean, that- there was a few times I remember because when I was growing up, it during this time in my life, we lived in an apartment building, which. I loved because it was like all my friends were just on different floors of this apartment. Oh, nice. And so it was like, there were so many times when somebody would just knock at my door and just be like, I need to show you something like right now. Or like, I'd go to their place and they'd be like, check this game out. And it's like, that doesn't happen. Like, I don't go over to my friend's place and they're like, yo, let me show you this new PS4 game I just got. (laughs) But yeah, I I gotta say, I actually had um, had an experience like that just recently. But of course, this is a bit different because nowadays, yeah. yeah, sure, you can, you know, watch gameplay footage on um, YouTube. 
Yeah. But there's PSVR. And uh, I actually had a friend come over to check out, like, uh, PSVR. And now he's, like, yeah, really convinced that he wants to get a VR headset. Well, not the PS- PSVR headset, but, yeah. like, like one for PC. Gotcha. Well, I yeah. remember one of those memories I have is uh, I was probably, like, seven or eight. And it was the first time I ever saw Genesis. And, dude, it had Streets of Rage on, and for the longest time, I just wanted to rediscover the game, which is also another aspect of this, which is that you may have seen a game, but you may not have known what it was Known what it was, was. Maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. you were too shy to ask, or something like that, and maybe it was, like, the older, uh, you know, kids that were playing it, and you were just young, and you were like, oh, I'm just kind of looking over your shoulder to see what you're playing. Um, and then you were like, I really want to rediscover that, because it looked really cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think, as you say... I don't think you really get that anymore. No, not really. Um, and I guess, you know, we'll we'll talk in 20 years and we'll see what kind of effect all this <laughs> has had, right? Yeah. Um, so why don't, uh, why don't I wrap it up here? Uh, we've got one more uh, from Sam Lilly. Uh, I think Samuel Ryan Lilly on yep. Instagram, unless I'm mistaken. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I had to I had to paraphrase Sam's email very heavily. Unfortunately, it was pretty long. Um, but what it comes down to is that Sam lost someone dear to him, and like many of us who go through an experience like this, he was angry and depressed. Um, but another N sixty four game in Majora's Mask, um, he found characters who were similarly dark and sad, um, but. Through speaking with the NPCs, he found what is true of the vast majority of people, I believe, uh, in that deep down, they're essentially good people. Uh, Even Skull Kid is just a kid who got shunned by others in town and then found a mask. Um, Anyhow, getting through the game, helping people out, uh, whether, you know, fictional or not, right? Uh, helped Sam out of his depression. And I'll quote here from his email. Uh, Once I got through that huge main quest with Andrew and Cafe, I was in tears. Not an uncontrollable sob or anything, but tears. The game managed to literally bring me to tears, and that is very rare. Uh, Even though he's been turned into a child and the world is mere moments away from ending, it doesn't matter. These two still want to get married and hold one another. It hit me hard. When I beat Majora's Mask, I took back part of my soul. I didn't just beat a tough game. I didn't just save a bunch of fictional NPCs. I learned that I can overcome this helpless, hopeless feeling. I can beat depression. I can be okay again. Uh, Playing through Majora's Mask was the beginning of my song of healing. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, that was beautiful. That's awesome, right? Like, I mean, not to you know, make it less unique or, or less special or anything. But I mean, this is something a lot of people go through, yeah. right? Oh, absolutely. And video games are, are a way to kind of both numb the pain and also kind of work through a lot of these things, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah a, I lot mean, of, I- a lot of, I feel like a lot of games speak to this sort of thing, right? Like, I think we touched on it when we talked about Persona 4. Like, that was that game for me. It was like... I was in a sort of a space in my life where playing that game was exactly what I needed to improve my sort of overall mood. My mental state was like going through this sort of adventure with these sorts of characters. So I think gaming can, I think it's been shown like 
through just personal stories that I've heard from multiple people. Like gaming can be an outlet and can be a way to like improve upon your circumstances at times. Like it can help. Yeah, it it can certainly heal. It it, it also sometimes can unfortunately also drag you down even further, unfortunately. So, so it it depends on exactly how it hits Mm -hmm. you. Um, and I think also when you're younger, it has that ability to heal a lot more than maybe when you're older. Um, I remember a few years ago when my dog died, mm-hmm. you know, I was trying to get my mind away from it and I tried to play Fallout New Vegas and because that's what I was playing at the time. And for as much as I tried, I just couldn't get my mind away from it. So I, I tried playing it for 15 minutes and I just dropped yeah. it. So I think it kind of changes over time. And, you know, as you get older, maybe it has less of that impactful effect. Um, you know, whereas when you're younger, it can allow you to see things from a different perspective and just kind of allow you to escape. Um, so, but like you say, Arnie, I've heard from a lot of people that it has been, you know, a healing factor for them. So it has dragged them out of depression. I think it's, it's, it's a lot of what video game for what time in your life, right? Like sometimes you need something with like a deep story, a lot of characters to connect with. Sometimes you need... Tetris effect. Sometimes you need to zone out for a bit and just relax, you know. Sometimes you need pulse pounding action. Sometimes you need, you know, harvest moon and like the mindless sort of routine over and over again. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of, of different avenues you can go with it. So I think the right game for the right time is, is key. Yeah. And, uh, I, I would, I would pose it that I always need Tetris effect. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't think of a single scenario in which my life wouldn't be improved by everyone needs Tetris effect in their <laughs> lives. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like you know, an apple a day keeps a doctor away. Doctor yeah. should just prescribe Tetris effect to everyone. It's like here, take some Tetris effect. Call me in the morning. See if you're feeling better. I, um, I couldn't agree more. Um, why don't we take a quick break here, guys? And uh, when we come back, we'll uh, we'll share a couple of our own and wrap things up. Sounds good. guys we're back and uh so that pretty much wraps up the stories that were shared by our listeners but uh we've we've got a few uh that we wouldn't mind sharing with everyone um as some of you might know my my original instagram instagram account um was just gaming stories from my life got a little yarn Um, for us paul oh i do i do have a yarn because like and there were there were definitely some on the account that i wanted to tell um, but I just never got around to because a 2200 character limit is not quite enough for them. Mm. Um, so if I was going to put this up on Instagram, it would be centered around Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the NES, <laughs> <laughs> which, as we all know, is hard as shit. That yes. game. Um, so I don't know, like 15 <laughs> years ago or something like that, I was dating this girl 
And uh, we went to go visit her sister and her sister's three boys in uh, somewhere in upstate New York. And the boys were homeschooled and kind of like sheltered. Um, dad wasn't really around. Like dad was around, but he wasn't present, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and so, and I like kids, you know, we hang out, whatever. And I, I was just hanging out with the boys and I saw that they had an NES and they had Ninja Turtles. And I was like, yo, we got to play this. And they were shocked. They're like, what? An, an adult wants to play video games? <laughs> and I'm like, hell yeah, man, it's Ninja Turtles. Let's go. Let's do it. And we played Ninja Turtles for like two hours. We even we even got by the water level. Oh, the um, electric seaweed or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It, it was horrendous, but like, you know, we're all playing <laughs> together. It's it's super fun, right? Yeah. And uh yeah, and so we finished playing Ninja Turtles and then we went out and played touch football and and all that kind of stuff. It was a lot of fun. Like the boys I think were unless I'm wrong, I think they were eleven, thirteen, and fifteen. Okay. So like really, really good ages for just like hanging out, yeah. right? And uh and so when it came time to leave the next day, we stayed a couple nights. When it came time to leave, um you know, we were all saying our goodbyes and the middle boy came up and just hugged me hard. And I was like, yeah, man, you know, good to see you too. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really think anything of it. Right. And I saw his mom, his mom was like crying and I'm like, this is odd. Um, I didn't really, but I didn't ask. I mean, yeah. you know, it was, it was kind of like a goodbye moment. I wasn't going to be like, Hey, what's wrong? Um, and she didn't look unhappy, right? And so I found out later that the boy, um, the middle kid, never really, he had like, um, I don't want to call it a developmental disorder because mm. that's too broad a term and everybody's different. Yeah. Um, but basically, mom had never seen him hug anyone ever. Oh, wow. And, uh, and it was just because like we hung out and we played some games, and the boys met an adult who actually liked the kind of stuff that they like, and we were able to connect over that. And it was awesome, man. I was like, oh, well, damn, dude, I thought it was just Ninja Turtles, but, you know, games can be a lot more. That's awesome. Dude, it's such a great story. I Honestly, <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that story. And shout out to being kind of like the adult yeah. that kind yeah. of influences kids yeah, I, and, you know, maybe you know, builds a, a foundation for the love for games. What's sad is that we, um, I mean, eventually we split up, her and I, and so I never saw the boys again or really got any kind of update yeah. on on how they're doing. Um, but for that moment, it was it was pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's just like, you never know, games are games and sometimes they're memories, like... People like what these stories show is like these things matter, like they stick in your mind and like they mean something to people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, uh, hey, Masa, you have one for us? Absolutely. Okay, so nowadays, um, I at least I I like to think of myself as a responsible adult. Like I, you know, (laughs) like (laughs) I do play games almost every day, but. Um, I always, you know, if I have work the next day, like, you know, I have, I usually go to work around like 7 a.m., so quite early. So I, you know, oh, wow. finish playing games at like 9 or, you know, 10 p.m. 
Um, but a couple of years ago, a uh, little game called Breath of the Wild came out. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I think like, I've heard I, of that one. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, I picked up the game at launch. Um, and, okay, so it kind of sucked that at the same time I was getting sick. Um, but yeah, after work, you know, went to pick up my, you know, brand new Switch, got the game, um, started playing it. Um, and even like that evening, like I, I was already like feeling really shitty, but I, I, I kept playing until like 1am. Then the next morning I woke up at like seven and I was like, Oh shit, I actually have fever. Like what the fuck? But I mean, that didn't stop me from playing. I just, you know, get playing. And then at some point I also got one, two switch for, I don't know, God knows what reason. And then my girlfriend was like, yeah, we should, you know, play that game a little bit. And then, you know, we played for maybe like 30 minutes, but like some of those games can be a bit intense. And I was like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't, you know, be playing all these like games where you kind of have to like run or do like running motions and stuff. Like, yeah, I have fever. Probably wouldn't be the smartest idea to, you know, keep playing this. So I returned to Breath of the Wild and then it was noon and my girlfriend was like, Masa, I'm really hungry. Like, could you cook, cook us something? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Then, you know, 30 minutes later, she's again like, okay, so when are you going to start cooking? I was like, yeah, yeah, soon. Like, let me finish this one shrine. Then finally at <laughs> 1 p.m., I actually went to the fridge and I got all the ingredients out and, you know, put them on the table. And then I was like, well, you know, got to let them warm up a bit. Then I continued <laughs> playing, of course. <laughs> And it would go on until like 4 p.m. And then, you know, my girlfriend was like so agitated that I was like, well, okay, I'm going to cook something. And then I almost burned the food because I was more concerned about what Link was cooking in Breath of the Wild (laughs) than our (laughs) well-being. And then, you know, I kept playing like, you know, like I felt really shitty, but I kept playing until like maybe like 2 a.m. (laughs) <laughs> uh, then on Sunday, the same thing happened. I just, you know, played every, like, like all day long. On Monday, I actually felt a lot better, but I still called in sick. <laughs> <laughs> it was the same. I, I played all awesome. day until 2 a.m. And then on Tuesday, I did the same thing, but I finally went outside <laughs> to get a pizza because I was really, you know, tired of like me having to cook something. So I, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to get a crappy pizza and then my girlfriend will be happy. And then, you know, that's going to shut her up and again, you know, keep playing. And then <laughs> it hit me on Wednesday. Um, I finally went to work after my, you know, I think like that weekend I played Breath of the Wild for, I don't know, like 40 hours or something. Yeah. 40, 50 hours, like something insane, insane like that. I went to work on Wednesday and then at one point, um, okay, so my office, um, like it was on the fifth floor and I was looking outside the window and I was like, yeah, if I had Link's paraglider, I wonder how, <laughs> how, <laughs> like, like, how far would I fly from here? And I was like, yeah, that would be so exciting. Then I went went back home and I told that to my girlfriend. And, he, and she was like, Masa, I think you have been a little bit too invested in that game. <laughs> this is <laughs> why you get the second Pikachu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I, like, honestly, like, I... Like nowadays, I don't really get into games like that anymore. Like yeah. even, you know, we talk about Yakuza and, you know, talk about Yakuza all the time. And I really love those games. But e- even with those games, I'm like, I can play them for like two hours and be happy, go to bed, you know, wake up early. But yeah, with Breath of the Wild, like, 
Yeah, like that, that was my, like my entire life. And I'm, I'm still like really surprised that I'm still, you know, together with my girlfriend, even after that game. <laughs> I'm surprised too. Yeah. I'm also, I'm also mildly disappointed that that wasn't a story about how one, two switch made you throw up. <laughs> Cause like, that's where I thought you were going. You were like, I was really sick and we were playing this physical game and I was like, Oh my God, one, two switch is going to make him barf. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um oh my god, that's awesome. Uh Arnie, how about you, man? You have one for us? I do. I have I have a couple of short little anecdotes. One is I, I remember this, um, and I remembered after uh I think it was uh Jeff's story about losing all his Game Boy and all his games. Um so this is sort of ties back to that one is I used to be what you would call um a cool ass motherfucker, right? I was just the oh, find coolest that really hard person. To believe. Um, and so I had a Game Boy Advance, obviously the clear purple one, because that was the coolest one. Um, sure. And I kept all my games in a fanny pack that was Star Wars Episode One branded. Oh um, my I believe God. it had a picture of Obi Wan Kenobi on it. Um, and so, like I said, cool as fuck. Well, I mean, at least it wasn't Jar 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 Binks. <laughs> there, there is a ceiling there because you didn't have Jar Jar Binks on. I was, <laughs> I knew that's where that was going. Um, but so, uh, one day I, I was in Puerto Rico and I was going to visit my cousins. I hadn't seen them for a long time, so I was staying there for a few days. And I decided, like, I'm going to bring my Game Boy and my games because, like, this is all I do. Um. And so I went over and I don't know what happened, but over the course of the weekend, I lost the fanny pack or somebody stole it. I don't know, but I lost it with my Game Boy and all of my games that I had up to that point. And I was very sad. And essentially to tie back to Jeff's story, I think I told my mom and I can't remember her exact reaction, but based on the fact that I never owned another Game Boy, it was probably like tough. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so i did not have a a merry christmas um but i i do remember eventually i I, I I did get myself i'm sorry at least you were the coolest motherfucker i i was i was i think i still am uh unconfirmed let me ask you arnie did the star wars episode one hit you at the right time where you were fascinated by Jar Jar Binks? I, you know what? I didn't, I never really liked Jar Jar, but I always thought Darth Maul was the coolest, like, Star Wars character ever. Oh, I still think he's the coolest motherfucker. I know. He's <laughs> I the know, best. Dude. Absolutely. They got that right. Yeah, I know. He, he got killed like a punk. <laughs> he did. I was so upset when he died. <laughs> but he was so popular that they brought him back in the Clone Wars. They did. I saw, I, like, they have, like, some extended universe stuff about him, too, where he's, like, still alive, so. I loved it. I love Darth Maul. Uh, apparently, I, his extended universe canon is that he, like, split in half, but he, like, stayed alive through the power yes. of the Force. And he and, becomes, like, a ro- half-robot man yeah, or something. Yeah, something along those lines. So There's, like, a comic book where he fights Darth Vader. Hey. Whoa. <laughs> I know. I gotta say, I wanna spoil um, a recent Star Wars movie really bad, but I'm not gonna do it. In case you haven't seen it. Um, and what? so the second okay. one, uh, that I had, I think I have 
three. But the second one is really short. It's just, I remember very vividly, again, tying it back to how cool I was. I was in a bowling league because bowling is the <laughs> coolest of sports. I think that we can all agree on that. Um, and this was like, this, bo- this like bowling alley was in this mall, in this like tiny mall that was dead. Like there was not another, st- there were three things in this mall. There was a grocery store, a gym, and this bowling alley. Those were the three. Everything else was shuttered dead. Um, Aww. but the reason I loved going to this bowling alley, like there were other bowling alleys, but this was the one I would always want to go to because they had a tiny arcade in the back. And I remember that was when I first played, uh, the Simpsons arcade game. And I used to play that game all the time. Um, I never beat it clearly because I didn't have like $70 in quarters. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it was just so cool. Like that was one of the first arcade games. I have like a vivid memory of playing a lot, like constantly. Every time I went there, I put at least a quarter in to play for a few minutes. Um, and then the last one was, I don't know if anybody else did this, which is kind of why, why I want to tell this story. But I remember when in like middle school, we would, like I had friends who like also played games. And so sometimes people would bring in strategy guides, like not magazines, just strategy guides. And we'd like yeah. huddle together and just like read through the strategy guide. Like even if I didn't own the game, I was still like, oh, I want to read through this strategy guide to see like what the cool things are in this game. Are you asking if we did that? I know. Has anybody else just like, even if you don't own a game, like, have you ever just read through a strategy guide to be like, oh, this is fucking cool as shit? I remember strategy guides kind of being like the holy grail of written publications. Okay. Because like anybody who had a magazine and brought it to school, that was great, right? Yeah. Because you read all the latest news and rumors and all that stuff. Um, But if you brought a strategy guide to school... um. It was it was really special. Yeah, I don't remember everybody huddling around it like a campfire, getting warmth from its knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> but I I do remember them being like I remember borrowing one for Final Fantasy Legend for Game Boy, and it was like the greatest thing that I yeah. could possibly have. It, it was like it, it just it made the game. The game was already great. In my opinion, I know a lot of people have mixed opinions on Final Fantasy Legend, but yeah. I loved it as a kid. And then once I got that strategy guide and it had like a chart for fusing monsters and so on, oh, like, yeah. dude, it, it just made the game that much better. Yeah. The one well, I like, remember do you vividly. Guys ever, was... uh, like nowadays, uh, buy strategy guides. I mean, I know that um, there's maybe not that many available anymore, but do yeah. you ever do it? Uh, I usually no, I do. don't Only unless I find them at like. Yeah. A, a thrift store or something like if i find them for cheap then i may buy some yeah uh because I, I do like reading through them like they have cool stuff i remember the one i most vividly remember reading in school was the grand theft auto vice city strategy i mean not vice city san andreas strategy guide which admittedly not appropriate for <laughs> school grounds <laughs> but it was oh, like yeah, looking great, at the yeah. maps and like looking at all the vehicles and like all that stuff i was like oh my god this is the greatest <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I did I, actually like. Now that I, you know, um, revealed my tragic or um, obsession with uh, with Breath of the Wild, I did actually buy the the official strategy guide for that one because, yeah. and it was actually kind of cool 
using a book because I mean nowadays everything is you know online you can just yep. go to game facts and check everything out but it was really cool having a like a very well you know done book and then because I actually had to use it uh, to find a you know a bunch of shrines which were like insanely difficult to find yeah well by the way and, and Paul will love this um, just last night I was hanging with my friend and uh, we were going through his basement and I'm telling you this guy had the best collection, video game collection ever. Um, and he's probably sold about 80% of it. So this was kind of like 20% and like the remnants of it, but it still oh, wow. was massively impressive. And I'm like, hey man, do you happen to have a strategy guide for Vagrant Story? And he's like, do I happen to have a strategy guide for Vagrant Story? <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's like, check over there. Start so going through it and I'm like, here it is, Vagrant Story. So I was going to send you guys a picture last night of me with the Vagrant Story strategy guy because I've never been able to live down the fact that I had to quit Vagrant Story. So, um, <laughs> well, yeah. to be fair, Paul hasn't made it easy for you to live down that fact. To be fair, Paul hasn't given me much shit for, you know, <laughs> for quitting Vagrant Story. I know, I Story. could be doing, I could have done much more. Yeah, yeah. So I plan to revisit that game. So strategy guys, they serve their purpose. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, and the ones that, like, I ha- I do have one, which is the Metal Gear Solid strategy guide mm. um, from Brady Games, and yeah. but the only reason I own it is because of Yoji Shinkawa's artwork, honestly. Yeah. Like, I don't even need the guide. I've never actually read, ev- I've never even read through the guide at all. That's another aspect, um, like, back in the day, you didn't really get, like, art books, so strategy guides were your way of getting more artwork from the video yeah. games or even getting yeah, a absolutely. map yeah for me strategy cool. guides were like if you had if you like especially if you were playing an rpg like strategy guides were so cool because you could see all the different monsters like all the gear like for stuff like persona like how to fuse certain combinations of, of demons and stuff like that that you wouldn't figure out on your own probably yeah so i always yeah. enjoyed it for that fact like i get to see all the little minutiae and it's all like illustrated it's not because game facts is cool but it's also like ascii art that like yeah it makes my eyes hurt it's very utilitarian yeah. in nature, and it's not – look, it's just easier to flip through to page 76 yeah. and know exactly what you're going to find there in literally a second yep. um, rather than going to GameFAQs and looking it up and scrolling down and so on. It's a little yeah. bit more cumbersome. Or going you know, to having YouTube. Having book is pretty nice. Or going to YouTube and being like, yo, guys, this is uh, y- y- <laughs> Headshot 387 oh here for part 76 of Breath of the Wild, uh, <laughs> Shrines 103 to 117, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, and then man. skipping around it- the video trying to find the exact moment you need. Exactly. Exactly. I, I Yeah. Yeah. The guides, the guides are nice, but... Uh, no, I don't. I don't have those same kind of memories as as you do, buddy. Oh, I love guides. All right, guys. On that note, uh, I think this pretty much wraps up the episode. Man, this was a lot of fun. I love this. I hope we get to do yeah. this again. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I think maybe a year from now, uh, we can we can try it again. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, overwork it, overwork the topic. But <laughs> with that said, we got some great submissions. Thanks, everyone who uh who sent those in and uh as always hey thanks for listening and uh again you know subscribe rating and review uh really appreciate it um masa where can we find you 
Um, you can find me on Instagram, and my handle is masacharvinen09. Ozzy? I love how Masa just changes his voice whenever he's uh, plugging his Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> <It's so laughs> awesome. yeah, you can that, find me my, at... That's my influencer voice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, 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 you can find me at Shadow of the Collector with periods in between. <laughs> that's my influencer voice as well <laughs> oh dude awesome that's gonna be like a thousand new followers today uh arnie uh you can find me on the region free gamers instagram at region free gamers on twitter at region free gamer youtube region free gamers all the region free gamer stuff you can find me at uh so come by say hello uh since Strilly asked me to uh why don't you tombstone pile drive that subscribe button through the top of the cage and then swanton bomb onto it i i had (laughs) i had no idea strilly was a wrestling fan this is going to be something else we can connect he's all about it oh man that's hilarious um and you can find me on instagram paul's underscore game room and uh yeah again this was awesome guys thanks so much eh all right see ya peace see ya see ya